You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm partner and attorney Chris Johnson, and today we are talking about financial planning and how to pick the right advisor for your needs. Joining me for the discussion is certified financial planner Daryl Woodcock. Daryl, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you sharing your time, knowledge, and expertise in the area. Uh, And I think we'll jump right uh, down into it. And a lot of people, this is kind of a foreign world for them. They they start to decide, hey, I need to have someone help me manage my money, manage my assets, and make sure it's growing for me. And they don't know where to start. And they hear, you know, the different terms, say financial planner, financial advisor, certified financial planner. And I, I think right from the get-go, they get intimidated. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what these mean. And so I don't know where to start. Uh, so maybe you can start by just breaking it down for our listeners. Uh, what is the difference between those different categories? Yes, and, and a lot of times I feel like it's purposely confusing uh, just based on marketing strategies. And I've learned there's really four categories that advisors fall into. Uh, the first one is more of your insurance advisor or salesperson. Uh, a lot of times you'll see those insurance agencies offering financial planning or even retirement uh, investments. But honestly, they're the most limited in scope as far as what they can offer. Uh, and so we, we try to tend to stay away from that area of financial planning uh, just because, again, when you go there, you're going to get a very limited option and a very limited uh, list of services. Okay. Um, the second group of advisors are more of your investment only advisors. You know, you go to them, you may get a mutual fund or a stock, but not a lot of actual financial planning or comprehensive planning. And those are, those guys are normally great at what they do, but again, very limited. Then you have your financial consultants that tend to not offer any products and only offer advice. So in other words, they offer a roadmap to your financial goals. And then it's up to the individual person to go out and investigate and purchase their own investments or insurance policies. And that honestly was something that was viewed as the future of financial planning because it eliminated a lot of conflict of interest. But what the industry discovered was that most individuals are, like you mentioned earlier, intimidated and scared to go out and buy their own products. So we're kind of seeing that sector of the industry kind of fizzle away. Um, leaving what I believe to be the kind of the core group of advisors, and that is your financial planner. And inside that category are obviously various ranks. You know, you have people that can offer financial planning, but maybe they're not a certified financial planner. So even if you get in that category, you still need to sift through them and make sure what their credentials are and see if they match what you're looking for which in my opinion is the very first step of finding an advisor is knowing what you're looking for. 
Yeah, and I think that's spot on. And I'm I'm fascinated because I'm learning stuff here today. And the financial consultant, I do remember that being a big push a few years ago about this idea that, hey, we're not going to sell you products and that that should be your fear. And it's so funny because logically you hear that and you go, yeah, that that makes sense. But the reality is it didn't quite play out to the expectations of, of what the public wanted because if a great plan is only a great plan if it's followed through on, right? Exactly. Yeah. If you're not monitoring your plan, you're still not accomplishing your goals, in my opinion. Okay. So with the financial planners, so let's talk about this core group, those differing ranks. Who, you know, what's the entry level rank and what's like the king rank? What's the top rank there? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I try to explain to prospects and clients that, you know, not all financial advisors are equal. Uh when I first got into the business 16 years ago, for example, I, I had a four-day class and I was able to sell mutual funds and annuities and kind of your very basic product. So literally one week of training and I'm technically an advisor. And you know, you, we all have to start somewhere. So I don't mean that in any negative way, but you need to investigate and kind of see how long someone's been in the business. And the certified financial planner has to be in the business a minimum of so many years before they're even allowed to say they're a certified financial planner. So when you say well, who's kind of king of the crop, in my opinion, you want to shoot for a certified financial planner. It tends to weed out a lot of the what we call rookies, a lot of the uh, people that may not have the training uh, to meet your expectations. Okay. Very good. Very good. So now that we know kind of what we're looking for, and I love the way you put that, you're like, hey, you know, people people need to know what they're looking for before they start looking. So as they start interviewing different financial advisors, and, and obviously I think we're saying, hey, certified financial planner, that's certainly a, a great start. Uh, how do you know you found the right person for you? How do Because it's a relationship, just like a lot of other relationships, and, and you want to make sure this works, and you're entrusting them. You know, I think after entrusting someone with your children, the next most important thing is entrusting someone with your money. That's a big step and a big deal. How does someone know they found the right person? Yeah, great, great question. So we uh, tend to offer a three-step process. So the first step we've kind of hit on, you need to know what you're looking for. And everyone's situation is different. So obviously, if you're a younger person and you look at your budget, you know, you only have $100 a month to invest. You know, your situation is a lot different from someone who maybe owns a business. Maybe their spouse owns a business. Maybe they have a special needs kids. So you, you really need to understand your situation. And then the next step is saying, OK, now that I know what I feel like I need, how do I find advisors to even sift through? Like, how do I even start to find names to look at? And there's three common areas. The very first one is the most common, family and friends. You know, look at your family, look at your friends. If you have someone that you deem successful, you know, ask them, hey, who's your financial advisor? And that's a great way to get an introduction. That's a great way to maybe get a higher advisor than what you would normally get as a startup, because obviously that family relationship will help uh, get you in the door. That's the easiest way. But again, your fa Uncle Rob may not be using a CFP for some reason. So the next place to go, and I recommend everyone do this, is go to cfp.net. That is the Certified Financial Planning website. You have to type in your zip code. All the local CFPs will pop up, see which one is in your area. Maybe pick one, two, three of them, interview them, 
and you know, kind of see which one you have the best rapport with. Um, and then the third option, a lot of people forget about this. Let's say you're working somewhere that has a 401k. Almost always that 401k has an advisor that can meet with you a lot of times free. Like a lot of the 401k plans I offer, the employer pays me to meet with their employees to make sure they're making the great, the best financial decisions possible. So that's the three areas that get you the quickest list of advisors to start sifting through. And then, of course, the next step is, well, I've got this list. How do I narrow it down? Yeah. And again, everything's about a process with our practice. So even when we get a new client coming in and and we're being interviewed, we give them these questions. We tell them to do these things because we're that confident in our practice. We want to make sure that we're a good fit. We want to make sure that the client knows we're a good fit for them. And so when you're narrowing down your list of advisors, the very first question you need to ask is, are you a fiduciary all the time? And the reason all the time is critical is, uh, there's regulations out there where all advisors have to act as a fiduciary sometimes, but not always. Whereas okay. a certified financial planner, I have to be your fiduciary or act in your best interest 1000% of the times. Like I have to, no matter what. And that is critical in today's society uh, to make sure someone that you're entrusting with your financial plan is on your side. So I got a question there, Daryl. That's really interesting. <clears throat> the serving as a fiduciary all the time, you would think, I mean, just as a, a lay person, not a, you know, not anyone trained in, in the financial advisory uh, industry, I would think that if I went to someone and entrusted them with my money, uh, that they would have to be doing what's in my best interest all the time. Can, can you unpack a scenario where they would have a competing interest and, and how that arises? Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's the bad people in our industry. They want you to have that assumption, right? Because they're a professional. They're on your side. That's not the case. So non-fiduciary or non-CFPs, for example, uh, they only have to act in your best interest or as your fiduciary when it comes to retirement accounts. So if you have an IRA with a person, they have to act in your best interest. Not saying that they always do, but they're supposed to. But let's say you inherited some money and you have $100,000 in a non-retirement account, then that group of people, they just have to do what's suitable. So they may have two or three options that are all suitable for what you're trying to accomplish, but maybe one pays them twice the commission. And we see this a lot with annuities. Annuities can have some of the highest paying commissions. And you know, so the salesperson, again, received one week of training and now they're selling this product that pays them a massive one-time commission. They push it on you because, again, it's suitable. So they get by all the regulation. You get sold this product and then you're stuck with it for maybe eight years due to fees that you were not aware of when you purchased it. So that's two scenarios where the fiduciary all the time comes into play. And that's why I recommend everyone work with a CFP. Man, that's incredible info, Daryl. I appreciate that so much. I know our listeners, I, that, that's got to be a big nugget for them. Uh, you said another thing that I just <clears throat> I want to reinforce with our listeners because I thought it was so good. Uh, the the idea to go, you know, especially like if you're looking at cfp.net, if family and friends don't vector you to someone, that you can go and interview these people. That And it sounds like you interview your potential clients too. And they, hey, we're going to look and see if this relationship will work. I think a lot of people are under the misguided conception uh, or have the misconception that if they 
go and meet with this financial advisor, they, they kind of have to sign on the dotted line. And that's not true. You, you need to find that right fit. And I tell them clients or potential clients with that when they come and meet with us, it's like, hey, I want to make sure you feel comfortable and you feel like, hey, we're the right firm. Because at the end of the day, I want a satisfied client too. Uh, and if they may have a, a different mindset or a different vision than what we have for the representation, uh, then maybe that isn't the perfect fit. And I think that's a great thing to put out there because I don't think people understand that you can do that. Yeah, I think it's very important to, that you have to click with the people you work with on both sides of the table. Uh, and at my office, we have a rule like I don't want to dread calling you as a client. Like if there's time for us to meet, I don't, I want to be happy to work with you. And, and so if I ever get a feeling like, man, this is, I don't think this is going to work. I don't want you to be unhappy and I don't want to be unhappy. So why, why put yourselves through that? So try to get it on the front end. I love that. I love that rule. I may steal that one from you. That's a great one. The, uh, well, Hey, so, uh, when we're when so now we know the difference we know the difference in financial advisors financial planners and we've now we know where to look and, and kind of how to choose that person so once we get that person uh do we need can we use the planner uh to advise on you know one planner to advise on investments and a different planner to consult on different products like you talked earlier about the annuities and the life insurance policies do i need a separate advisor for all of those things because i know you mentioned well hey you know these insurance uh, salespeople, you know, that's kind of their niche right there. Or is there one category that is adept and knowledgeable and can uh, advise me across the broad spectrum of financial products? So advising, you want your certified financial planner to kind of be the leader of your team. So for example, I can't sell certain insurance products for your property or, you know, situations like that. But I'm trained to make sure it matches with all your other assets to make sure the coverage is correct. So what we do at our practice, is we have like a board of directors approach. So I'm working in constant connection with my clients, lawyers, CPAs, and insurance agents. And so if it's something to do with their body, life insurance, disability insurance, long-term care, I'm driving that ship. If it's something related to their property or their business, there's another agent that needs to be handling that. But we're all working together all the time to make sure we're on one level playing field and the ship's going in the same direction. That's more important than going, oh, well, I need this person to do life insurance. Oh, I need this person to do health insurance. Because if you get too many people working on similar things, it kind of clouds up the, the water too much, in my opinion. I got it. So kind of the leader of the band, keeping everyone on the same sheet of music. Exactly. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that's a great way of putting it. Well, Daryl, th this has been amazing. It's been very enlightening. Uh, I know our listeners are going to glean a lot of information for this and the ideas they listen to this and they're better off than they were 15 minutes ago. So thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing your knowledge with us uh, to help, you know, high tide raises all boats uh, to help our listeners make better decisions in this area. We appreciate it greatly. I appreciate you having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. Wonderful. Everyone, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Takeus McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. 
thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.